Hello, and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. Welcome back to a new episode. So glad you are willing to join. Just a reminder, if you do find this content valuable at all, it is so appreciated if you choose to share it with people. And I don't want to overstate things here, but you know, I do have a flair for the drama on occasion. What I'm calling this episode is accept this challenge. It will be life-changing because this is going to talk about a posture that if you decided to engage it, if you pick up the baton that I'm outstretching today, I truthfully think it will change your life. I know it's changed my life. I know it changes the lives of clients with whom I walk, but it is something that is absolutely foundational. If you want to live an integrity life, if you want to live a meaningful life, If you want to live a life of connection with people, then it has to be about our character. And I guarantee you that your life will shift dramatically if you spend the next six months to a year working primarily on character development. And I can promise you several things. First, you will make incredible strides towards your true potential. And second, it will improve the quality of relationships that you have, not just with others and with the world around you, but also the relationship with yourself. So when we talk about development, we talk about an ongoing process, it is in and of itself a rewarding venture to stay locked into development. And character development is one of the things that can take you towards unparalleled places if you're willing to commit to becoming who you want to be. But there wouldn't be a finish line. So I want to take this idea and kind of set the table with this understanding that we can live a life where we're seeking goal after goal after goal after goal. Or we could take life as it comes, be open to new experiences and opportunities, and decide intentionally who we want to be in those situations. So I want to juxtapose it. Do I want to be the person that can run the marathon? So the person that signs up for the marathon, trains, I go run the marathon, and now that goal is over? Or do I want to be the person who takes care of my body well? So I'm the person who's disciplined. I'm the person who intentionally seeks out wellness. I'm the person who lets my body recover and relax. And because I do that, I might be able to run marathons as a byproduct of it. But my motive is about treating my body well and cultivating my potential. It's a totally different life posture. One of them is about the short-term kind of pedal to the metal, nose to the grindstone. And often that leads to cycles of feast and famine, striving and burnout. Or do I want to be the person who tends to my body well so that I can reap the benefits of that cultivation. If it's always about the next thing, the next goal, the next promotion, the next run, the next vacation, if it's always about that, how are we going to be satisfied? Because the brain literally doesn't sit in that space and call it satisfaction. It gets discontented very quickly after we've reached a goal. And so what if it's less about goals and it's more about development? Character development matters because we don't know what each new season of life will entail, but we can develop who we are and take that with us into each new season because that's the mystery. We have no idea what's next. There's no way to prepare well for all of the things that could be coming our way. We can influence outcomes, but we get to control our behaviors to a large degree and character development will determine how well we behave as each new thing shows up. 
I really appreciated the other week. I was listening to a book from John Bevere, and he mentioned that one of the postures of living a life well is to always be sharpened. So if you're an if you're an axe, metaphorically speaking, and you let yourself go dull over time, and someone picks you up to use you in a new way, you're not going to be used for the very purpose you've been entrusted because you've let the blade go dull. I want to be a sharpened axe. I want to be the person that takes life seriously and keeps cultivating and keeps defining and keeps progressing, not because there's a destination that I want to land at, but because whenever I'm able to be picked up and be used, I want to be the best version of myself. I want to be the sharpened version of myself because it's hard to say what each new season will entail, but I want to be used well. So a big part of my sharpening is character development because how we go about things matters so much. I was listening to the book this last week in Wild at Heart, and he asked the question, he said, do you think Jesus would be more like William Wallace or Mother Teresa? And a lot of us would assume, oh, well, he would be more like Mother Teresa. He was always kind, always compassionate. And that's not accurate at all. When things were being handled foolishly, Jesus was the first one to call it out. Jesus was the first one to set it straight. Jesus was the first one to invite people into doing better and being better. When he was around the religious elite who were leading people astray, he called it what it was. He spoke truth into that situation. And he sat with the broken and he sat with the sick and he sat with those who were struggling. So he had both that William Wallace piece and that Mother Teresa piece. And both of those are reverently speaking, of course. But all parts of his character were developed and it didn't matter what context he walked into. He knew in advance who he was. He was the person who could sit with the broken and the sick and the lepers and the hungry. And he was compassionate there. He was also the person who was able to engage the unloving and the bureaucratic behaviors of those in charge, and he was the crusader against them. So his character was flexible, but he knew who he was. He knew who he wanted to be, and he was able to be both compassionate and just regardless of the situation. We can decide who we want to be and take that into all areas of life, but it takes intentional character development. So I want to very, very passionately push back against that lie of I am who I am. It's such a cop-out. It's such an untruth. It's such an abdication of responsibility. It is a selfish posture. And we are not just who we are. Now, are there pieces of us that we want to embrace and we want to say, hey, that's just part of Steph? Absolutely. But as it relates to how I navigate the world, there are always ways to improve. So one of the things I've shared about is I volunteer on Fridays with some people in assisted living. And there is a woman there who just lights my heart up every time I talk to her. And she is refining and she is thought provoking and she is just fantastic to be around. She is iron sharpening iron. And so when I sit there with her, I have nothing but profound gratitude for the opportunity to be there with her. She is a beautiful woman. And one of the things we talked about this last week is the impetus for this episode here. She shared with me about someone that she's been sitting by at mealtime. And this person is having a really rough transition into assisted living. And, And that's understandable, right? You're going into a context where you basically have zero control left. Someone else calls the schedule. Someone else calls the menu. Someone else tells you the limitations. It's a really, really painful dynamic. And as Mary's telling me about about this woman that she's sitting by, she is just beaming and she says to me, I know why I'm here because I'm still being used to be a voice of reason in this woman's life. And so at 87, she's in a context that I'm sure has a lot of pain points for her. And in fact, when I walked in there on Friday, she was moaning and she was achy and she was really, really just having a hard go of it. And I just said, hey, Mary, are you sure you want to visit her today? And she's like, I just hurt so badly. And so I talked with her for a few minutes and, and it looked like she was open for company. So I settled in and 
we talked for almost an hour 15, hour 20, and she was just beaming by the end of it because she's being used in a way that she values. So her environment over the last dozens and dozens and dozens of years has shifted and morphed and changed, and she's still being true to her character, and she's still being used in her current environment in spite of the fact that it's less than ideal. And so what was really neat is as we were talking, she said to me, she said, hey, Steph, I want to show you something. And she got up and again, remind you, she was in pain. She got up, she walked over to her nightstand, grabbed her Bible, and she pulled out a list of 31 approaches to life that she has embraced. And I asked her if it was okay if I could take a picture of them and I'm going to share some of them with you. And honestly, as I go through this, this woman has actively lived this out even in the short time I've known her. And I know that over the last decades and decades and decades, she has put so much beauty into the world around her because of these postures, because of this developed character. So number one on her list says compliment three people every day. That's an action that she has committed to. So she goes out into the world regardless of her circumstances and she compliments three people every day. Now I'm sure there are days she might forget, but it's a life posture that she has adopted. The second one, it's it's very sweet. Something I probably wouldn't even personally think of. It says buy whatever kids are selling in their front yard. Don't leave it open to do I want to support them? Do I not want to support them? No, you stop, you support them. That's a life posture she's committed to. How many smiles must be on kids' faces in the greater Grand Rapids area? because of her stated life choice there. Another one, she says, never give up on anybody. Miracles can happen. That's a mental posture. That's not even action. That's keeping her thoughts captive, believing the best about people, and inviting others into redemptive stories if they are willing. This next one just, uh, it makes my heart just kind of so happy for her children. Live in a way so that when your children think of fairness, caring, and integrity, they think of you. What a beautiful gift to give your kids to navigate the world with fairness, caring, and integrity. And as she's sitting there sharing about her kids with me, I know there are many pieces that she did live responsibly because her kids respond to her in these ways that demonstrate they see her fairness, they see her caring. Number 11 on the list, so it's a list of 31 and I'm just picking 10 of them, but number 11 on the list says, forget the Joneses. And when she and I were talking about her list, she said, I want you to look at number 11. We've got to forget the Joneses. It just doesn't matter what other people are doing. It matters what you're doing. Number 16, this one is beautiful. When someone is relating an important event, don't try to top them. Let them have the stage. What a neat life posture to say to other people, hey, it can be about you too and your stories matter and your stories are important. Number 19 says, skip one meal a week and give what you would have spent to a homeless person. What a beautiful action. No one knows that's what you're doing, but behind the scenes, that's what she's doing because that's a value she's decided on that she's choosing to live out. Now, 25 and 26, I'm gonna present these two in tandem. Commit yourself to constant improvement and seek out the good in other people. So to me, these are two sides of the same coin. Don't settle for yourself, but give grace to others. Continue refining, continue cultivating. Don't settle, but don't hold other people to that. Seek out the good that's already there. Number 27 on the list is so cool. She says, cut out complimentary newspaper articles of people that you know and send it to them with a note of congratulations. What a neat thing, a, a quick two-minute activity to spread joy to other people. And the last one that I'm choosing to share, it's number 29 on her list. She says, don't say you don't have enough time. You have exactly the same number of hours per day as Helen Keller, Louis Pasteur, Michael Angelo, Mother Teresa, Thomas Jefferson, and Albert Einstein. What a neat thing to think through. You have the same amount of time as all of the greats that have come before you. If you want to use that well, you have a choice to do that. 
If you want to squander it, if I want to squander it, that's a choice too. But we can't say we didn't have the same time other people did. And one of the last things she shared with me is remember that winners do what other people's refuse to do. If you want to be a winner, you're going to have to live it out differently than a lot of other people. But what a payoff. 2022 shifted so much in my personal story. And I'm I'm so thankful that in 2022, Mary also came into my story. This story becomes about character development. It's about behaviors and input and about unearthing our core. So Mary did that years ago. She's in her late 80s and she's still living it out. So let's say my trajectory year for year might match hers. That means doing the work now in my mid-30s, I could be putting positive influences into the world for the next five decades. I could be spreading the character I want to be most true. Think about that, friends. If we took six months to a year of restructuring our values, our thoughts, our behaviors, what an incredible payoff that could be. Not just for me living within my values, but inviting others into that posture and overhauling my relationships going forward for the next decades if all goes well. So I've started my list and I've shared that with you, honesty, generosity, and patience. But after this conversation with Mary, I'm going to intentionally expand my list. And I'm going to write down even more specific expectations of myself as I walk forward into 2023. And I want to encourage you to do that too. I promise you, if you spend the next six months to a year working primarily on character development, several great things will happen. Number one, you will make great strides toward your potential. And number two, you will improve your quality of relationships with others, with the world around you, and with yourself. What an exciting invitation. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.